0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house.
1: All right, Brad, we are live from Trump National Doral. Yes, we are.
0: We just had a killer interview with the one and only Rick Smith. We have golf later. Drinks are going to be flowing. But you know what's more important than drinking and interviewing and all that? Football. Talking about football, Miles. It's our favorite thing to talk about, man. We uh, have a couple good topics here today, don't we? We do. We definitely do. Let's start off with college football's impact transfers. So thinking about this, I was like, how do I determine what an impact transfer is? You know, I was. we were going through it. It, it. To me, an impact transfer, it doesn't have to be a starter because some of the guys slated on our list might not even start, but they will impact the game. You'll see what we're talking about later. I think our very first topic of conversation will be an immediate impact if he starts. And I think he
1: will. And that's Shea Patterson, who transferred from Ole Miss to the University of Michigan. The only thing that's been missing for Jim Harbaugh at his time at Michigan has been a quarterback. Yes. Now, there's a lot of hype around Shea Patterson, and rightfully so. Threw for over 2,000 yards and 17 touchdowns in seven games. Seven games.
0: games. And you know what's crazy about that stat, right? He had two games over 400 yards. Five games over 300 yards. Brandon Peters, in the five games he played, zero. Brandon Peters is the, was the quarterback, at, at one of the quarterbacks in that
1: rotation last year. Zero of those five games went over 200 yards. We know that Shea Patterson can sling it, and that's a good point that you bring up there because I think that he has the ability to take this offense to the next level by having those 300-yard passing games, Yes, which is what they've been missing on the offense. It's scary to think what this Michigan team can do now that they have a gunslinger an Experienced gunslinger at quarterback, and, and you know what? Honestly, Brad, I don't think we're talking about this enough.
0: No, it, America's not. Miles, we are talking about a, okay, this the fact how good Michigan was last year with averaging 172 yards per game, they were averaging less than a touchdown, a touchdown throw per game.
1: Their offense was atrocious,
0: and they were still good. Now, imagine you bring in Shea Patterson into the fold. The Big Ten better watch out. I know from experience, because I'm an Alabama fan, how good this guy is. And give him, Ole Miss defense was trash when he played. So there was so much weight on his shoulders. Give him a good defense that Harbaugh definitely is, you know, gearing up every single year. I feel like it is so important, so important that we talk and we focus on Shea Patterson.
1: And uh, also this year, I feel like that Michigan has kind of been like we said, overlooked, especially in this Big Ten East. You, you know, we know we have Michigan State coming back. Ohio State's going to be there, Penn State. Uh, but these guys are definitely a championship uh, caliber team here. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, another big, uh, former Big Ten guy yeah, no, here. No, wait, what's crazy about
0: this is it's a former Big Ten guy going to the SEC replacing another former Big Ten guy going to the SEC at the exact same school. And we're talking about Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow by Dual threat quarterback, you know, big guy. The only thing is, we are giving this man a lot of hype
1: for no no no, experience. No
0: experience. What do you think is going to happen here, Miles? Okay.
1: So there was a lot of talk in Columbus uh, during what you call training camp for college football during spring practice. It was a big quarterback battle between Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow. That's all we were talking about at Ohio State. Now, Haskins had the advantage because he came into the Michigan game and basically won the game for us with a couple of big throws. But everything that I heard was that Joe Burrow was actually a more pure passer and a more pure runner, that he was a more complete quarterback. You, but yeah. Urban Meyer, do you know what he's about? Loyalty. Yes. Urban is about loyalty. And there was a lot of talk about Joe Burrow transferring. He, he, he kind of already had the writing on the wall. Yeah. This is a very talented quarterback. Now, what I will say is that I don't know if he fits into this Ed Orgeron offense perfectly. He does not. But – when you have a player of his caliber, his potential,
0: you, Ogeron is going to have to definitely adapt. So, yeah, Miles, um, we, were, we were talking about who we're going to have as our impact transfers, and Joe Burrow scrolled across my screen. This is before we even decided, right? Mm-hmm. And I go, holy shit, who is Joe Burrow? I, I had to go do some research. Sure. But what the research— Not a lot of people have heard about this yes, guy. Yes, the research—what happened with the research, things I was hearing, good arm strength, dual threat, mm-hmm. One one person that went as far to say is most precise quarterback I've seen in a long time. His they said I've read I heard somewhere that said accuracy is he is he's extremely accurate in all the throwing sessions he's had at LSU
1: and leadership ability. The guys in the locker room love him. I mean he he left Ohio State didn't have a lot of bad blood there. There was it was a great quarterback battle and I actually you know I actually just thought of, about this because th- we're, we're talking about your competition being an Alabama fan. Yeah. What are your thoughts on okay we know Michigan has their quarterback. What if LSU has their quarterback? I'm not concerned because it's the same narrative every year. Some
0: some school in the SEC gets another Big Ten quarterback or gets another you know quarterback who hasn't proved himself. We have yet to see a quarterback transfer in the SEC that that we're I'm afraid
1: we're talking about. We're talking about a former Ohio State quarterback. This this is no normal. Purdue, Illinois, Big Ten quarterback. You're right. We're talking about an Urban right. Meyer recruit,
0: an Urban Meyer recruit who's only th- who's only thrown 39 passes and in, at in the, in the big level. I, I can't deny that there's so, no, there's no
1: experience. There. I can't and there's I, not even a guarantee he's going to win the job. Yes, and I can't be I can't
0: be afraid, Miles. Th- my question to you is: If he had went to Iowa State, would his life be different at this point? Would we be talking about would people know his name? I'm
1: going to say with the year that the Cyclones just had, that yes. Yeah,
0: I think so too, right?
1: He's got that uh, brand name recognition. He was a big recruit coming out of high school. So, yeah, I feel like, especially with uh, how much talent they have over there right now, I I believe they won seven, eight games last year in that tough Big 12. Big Um, games. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, but that's, isn't that a great question for just former recruits? Woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? It's just like, but this could end up being a great uh, option for him. I'm not a big, uh, I'm not high on Edwards Ron as a coach. But I think he's trash, it br- <laughs> and it's not even because he's an LSU coach. I, I try to, when I look
0: at sports, I take my heart out of it for the first half of my, 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 my viewing because I can't be biased and, and honestly give a, a, an accurate description, an accurate opinion. So the first half of my thought process has to be unbiased, and I just think he's a trash coach.
1: I guess we'll see uh, if this can be a 10-win team, but as I said, even though I'm high on Joe Burrow, I'm not high with Joe Burrow in this offense— no. But you know what? I can't wait to see what happens. Okay, let's go ahead and move on. Um, this is the biggest story yes. that we're moving on to. I think that there is a lot to talk about here. I think yes. there's a lot of different topics in the NCAA. I'm going to go ahead and let you start. So, Miles. Who do
0: we got? We were talking about Jalen Hurd, who could have been in the league right now. Um, in 2015, I believe he rushed for something like 1,400 yards. Big, big back. Your tip will like 6'2", 240 back. Just a phenomenal recruit. He was supposed
1: to be the savior for Tennessee.
0: Yeah, and that's what he was in 2015. 2016, he mm-hmm. got a little caught up with injuries. He started, But, but you know, he had the weight of the world on a sh- Volunteer Nation put all the blame on him in 2016 when he got hurt, and then he came back. They were looking for a fall person. guy. He took the fall, and you know what he did? He took it gracefully. But then when everyone is telling him, Jalen, go to the league, make the millions, do you know what he did? He said, I want to extend my career in the NFL as long as possible and not take the hits. I want to transfer and reinvent myself at a better position suitable for longevity.
1: And he transferred to Baylor and lost
0: 20 pounds or something like that
1: and moved to wide receiver. And I am asking everybody listening to this podcast to take a look at this guy and his story. Follow this story this year because I think that this has a big impact on the game of football as a whole right? So all of these athletes coming out of high school, I think are going to be paying attention to this, okay? So is wide receiver now going to be the sought-out position? Because Jalen makes a lot of good points in his interviews about being a running back, taking those hits, taking those bruises, if this is a successful story. And listen, he transferred to a perfect wide receiver offense under Matt Rule at Baylor. Not a good team. They'll win three games this year. but. He'll still get, he'll he'll still still get, get his catches. Yards. He'll get to learn how to play receiver if he indeed has that talent. He goes to the NFL. What if he has that kind of success? I mean, I just think that there's a lot to say about this story. I think that, I mean, Braxton Miller comes to mind. And the, But the thing about Braxton Miller was he was a quarterback transferring to receiver. I feel like he's kind of struggling getting his footing into the NFL, but we're talking about a pass-catching back, yes. a pass-catching athlete that is now trying his hand at receiver. You know, um,
0: a lot about this story intrigues me how – he didn't decide to go to a winning program. He went to a failing, failed, trash program. With a great coach. With a great – Miles, a coach who would accept him, yeah. let him work, and you know, right. he's only said great things about Jalen. And the transition is going to be interesting because getting off, getting off the press on the line is way different when you're running back. You get that two-step jam. Now he's out got a one-step jam. I think – by the what I've read, what I've heard, the interviews is that he will be phenomenal because he took that year and he soaked up as much knowledge as he possibly could. He said, Coach 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 said, Listen, Jalen, you're coming in this program, you're gonna get hit for this entire year. And you know he said, I don't care. I want full contact. I want to play scout team. I wanna get better. And that that to me makes me love this story even more. Is he didn't come in from freaking tennessee sec football as his prima donna as the savior he came in as a guy who wants to grind
1: yeah and and even though i don't think baylor will win more than three games this year the big 12 is wide open there's plenty of opportunities for upsets here in this league and for him to get his name out there injury is always a concern we know it was a risk but man i just can't wait to watch this guy's story uh great choice for an impact transfer just because i i think it's going to mean a lot for the future of the game
0: yes miles our next guy this this story, his story sucks, man. And this is what happens when you go to a program like Alabama where it's it, not even like just Alabama in, in recruiting players. It's literally the running back position where they're always so deep at running back. We're talking about B.J. Emmons. B.J. Emmons came to Alabama as the fourth best running back in the nation. Got derailed by a foot injury. And do you know what happens at Alabama? It's next man up. And you were battling. He was, a, I think, a three- or four-star recruit. So four-star recruit. Um but it, you're battling other four- and five-star recruits. So the second you get injured, someone else is ready to take your place. Miles, watch out for this guy with a combo of Singletary. I know when I sent this over to you, you said, they got Singletary still. I said, I don't care. This one-two punch might be the deadliest one-two punch. Singletary led the nation in touchdowns this year. Now you're bringing a, yeah. another guy who's even hungrier. He, he went and played at Hutchison uh, Community College for a year. Miles, watch out for BJ Ammons.
1: And Lane Kiffin, I mean, having brought him over – he wouldn't bring him over for no reason. Devin Singletary is the premier back. We know that. He's the one that's going to get the touches. But I could see this kid getting a lot of playing time. I mean, and, and that's really, honestly, for Lane Kiffin and his program at Florida Atlantic, that's what he wants this program to be. Yes. He wants it to be a second-chance program for these guys. Yeah. and th- that philosophy has, watch
0: this, people will start talking about FAU serious New Year's Six Bowl contenders.
1: Well, they get to go at Oklahoma week one. They yep. play UCF uh, week three or four, so they're going to have their opportunities to show that they can compete with the big boys. I can't wait to, to watch them against Oklahoma um, because I think that this is uh, an extremely dangerous team.
0: Yes, definitely. So, BJ, best of luck to you. Um, you, know, we, you know, Everything I've been following in your career, I just wish you the best of luck. We're done talking about transfers. We're done talking about college football. Let's talk about the NFL. The best part about the NFL is it's so transparent. We get to see the camp, training camp battles Full flesh, in our faces. We're going to highlight three training camp battles. We're going to start with one of the most intriguing battles, and that is the QB battle in
1: New York in the Jets. And, Miles, who do you think is going to win this battle to start? What's really interesting about what the New York Jets are doing is that they really do have three quarterbacks that I think, even with Darnold, are all capable of starting. Yep. All right, so we've got Josh McCown. Yes. We've got Teddy Bridgewater, who, by the way, 25 years old. All right. Yeah, he's coming off a devastating injury, but this kid's got talent still. Yeah. Man, so much to prove. I feel like nobody's talking about Teddy. For I mean, we so that that just blows my mind. And then you've got uh this, you know, the kid, the savior, Sam Darnold. I mean, they trade up to get this guy. So I think that we have a similar situation here, uh, with what Minnesota faced in the offseason, which is why Bridgewater is here in New York. Yep. But okay, in my opinion, listen, so we know that uh, as of right now, McCown is the starter. Yes. Bowles has come out and said that, but he's made it very clear that it's an open competition. I think that by the end of the season, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the one getting the most playing time because I, I think, think that so he, I, I think that he just has uh, – we know that McCown is a stopgap quarterback, yep, right? And we know that he's a very good one. That's what he's made a living out of. Bridgewater and Darnold are ones that could take your franchise to the next level.
0: Yes. I, I totally agree, um, Miles. And so I was torn because – I'm trying to think, who would I start at quarterback this season? And so what I did, I went and I listened to all the ESPN analysts, all the NFL analysts, mm-hmm. and they're torn. Yeah. You can't start Darnold week one. No. You can't start him week three, in my opinion.
1: No. If you start— Well, especially—sorry, especially not with McCown and Bridgewater if on the roster. Playing. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, right. if, if, there's, if, there's, if there's another situation where you don't have either of those comparable quarterbacks, I think you can start Darnold. I think that—oh, my God, I hate saying this because this man's in his, what, 15th year— played for nine different teams i think you have to start mccown yeah. and then you have to see what you have with bridgewater if bridgewater lights it up in preseason you can't go to be a top five draft pick every year if you settle for mediocrity if you settle for being garbage that's what you will get
1: you have to take risk and if bridgewater lights up in preseason you have to start him great point the new york jets organization owes it to themselves to give bridgewater a look and see what he can do and I think that by the end of the year, we're going to be talking about Teddy Bridgewater as the New York Jets quarterback. Yes. I don't think that they, I mean, if it, like you said, if he comes in and lights it up in the preseason, he ends up coming in from a count. I don't see them trading Bridgewater. I see them riding him.
0: Yep. I do as well. I, 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 it's not like the NBA. Like So NBA, when you have uh, limitless options at a position and you have a guy like um, like a Bridgewater, you, you start him, trade him. No, no, no. You start them, you start them, and you
1: get your freaking franchise out of the bottom half of the league. All right, well, we both have really strong opinions there. Let's go ahead and move on, man. This is another really good one because I think that this is a sneaky good team with Case Keenum at quarterback. Uh, The Denver Broncos backfield battle.
0: I think that, uh, you know, I think a lot of people really, really wanted um, Kirk Cousins. First of all, we're talking about the running back, but I have to highlight this. A lot of people wanted Kirk Cousins there. I think them getting Case Keenum is better for their team, and now— you have a running back battle between one guy who I think is a no-brainer and another guy who hasn't proved himself yet. And that's between uh, Devonta Booker and um, Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman needs to be the starter.
1: 60 rushing touchdowns at Oregon. And, Brad, this is what I love about this. You you and I have talked about Royce Freeman so much with the draft previews, uh, draft recaps. We've been following this guy throughout his career at Oregon. We know he's a bruiser. Bruiser. He can be the guy that gets you 25 to 30 carries a game. Devontae Booker is, hands down, in my opinion, the better pass catcher out of the backfield. Yes. So, okay, so he can be the Kamara. Third down back. Right? He can yeah. be the third down back. Freeman needs to be the premier back. I don't think that there is a battle here. It, because is a, I, I think that Freeman needs to be
0: the guy. You know what the toughest transition for running backs is the schemes they're going to be running. Well, you know what Oregon, you know, Oregon runs? They run zone, zone blocking. And you know what? Broncos run zone blocking. It's the exact he's gonna he he does need to work on his pass protection. That is a given because hundred percent. Any it's different. It's just a transition, but he can move the chains. You cannot start Freeman averaging three point two carries. I mean yards per carry. You cannot start that. Once again, we're back on this topic. If you want to settle for mediocrity, you start Booker. If you're okay with losing games, you should win. If you're okay with not moving the chains when you should, if you're okay with the guy who's if you're okay with the guy who's not gonna go out there and pound the rock, pick up four. Five
1: yards attempt and move the chains. Invest in these running backs that yes. you're drafting in the second, third round. All right? Because if you're going to spend a pick on He's a second or third round back, pick, Yeah. You, you, Especially now because you never know how many years these running backs have on them. And, yeah. and Freeman, we just highlighted it with 60 touchdowns at Oregon. I mean, he was bruising for four years
0: yes. at Oregon. So in he, 2014, he ha- over 200. 2015 fifteen over two hundred. Two
1: thousand sixteen he was under two hundred, but two thousand because he was injured. Yes. Two thousand
0: seventeen yeah. again over two hundred
1: attempts. Love it. So and that just that, that just shows me experience. He's ready. He, he's ready for the NFL. Um, let's let's wrap this up with our last battle probably the one that we can talk about
0: the most because it's America's team, the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver battle. Miles, I'm just gonna run through I'm, I'm gonna leave off some practice squad guys, but I'm gonna run through yeah. these guys who are all battling for jobs. Okay. We got Alan Hearns, Michael Gallup, Cole Beasley, Terrence Williams, Noah Brown Lance Lenore, Tavon Austin, Devontae Thompson.
1: Okay. So the first thought that I wanted to bring up here uh, was – I thought that it was a really good point that was made, is that kind of what we've been talking about. Des Bryant's gone. Yeah. All right? So we're not feeding – we're not forced throwing the ball to Des Bryant anymore. This is Dak's uh, field to work with. All right? This is now giving his receivers more opportunities to win one-on-one battles. Yes. Whoever is going to separate themselves, all right, as the better one-on-one receiver – is going to get the most looks. I mean, it, whereas before he was just automatically Dez, so this is this gives every every one of these receivers a chance. I'm looking at Hearns and Gallup. I think as, so. as the two.
0: I think we got we got um we got Hearns. I mean, we got Gallup as the X. We got uh, Hearns as a Z. I just think that because Hearns plays such a great complementary role, you could put him in yeah, on the field. I
1: was about to say, great experience in the NFL playing in any of those positions on the uh, yep. on the field as a receiver. And, and he's the only one of these guys who has a 1,000-yard uh, season.
0: Terrence Williams, in my opinion, might get cut. Terrence Williams had zero touchdowns last season. Very unproductive. He's dealing with the off-season, off-season DUI, baby mama drama. Got in a fight. Like, everything is, is not going his way. Cole Beasley had a, a down year, but I think he that did. will come back up. Um, Devontae Thompson is just the guy that, that – not crazy speed, but he, he can catch the ball. Now – the two question marks uh, in my 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 opinion are, are Noah Brown and Lance Lenore. Tavon Austin does he's job safe? They're gonna use him as a hybrid. Yes, they're gonna they're gonna spell um they're gonna spell Zeke. They're gonna do crazy things with him. I just wanted
1: to talk about Tavon for a second because I think that he's just one of the reasons why this Cowboys offense I think is gonna be sneaky good yep. this year because they have so many different weapons to utilize here. I think that getting rid of Des just took so much pressure, believe it or not, so much pressure off of Dak Prescott and having Zeke in the backfield. Yes. it just. This guy can just go out there and ball now.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, their offense is a little bit more. It's like we alluded to in our last episode. Now they just got to find their 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 Miles Austin. Now they got to find the guy who's ready yep. to step up. I think Gallup will do a good job filling in Dez's shoes. Uh, Alan Hearns will be a, a good guy to move the chains, good guy you can rely on because he's he's versatile. He's the only guy with a thousand yard season. Terrence Williams will find himself on another roster or, or buried in the bench. Gold Beasley will step it up because now he has other guys to compliment him. It's not jump all this, jump all that. Zeke will be healthy. Zeke will be unsuspended.
1: And that's all there is to uh, America's team this year. I uh, can't wait to see what they do. I, I saw that uh, we posted on our page, uh, Brad, the USA Today predictions uh, by each division, which I thought yep. was really interesting. But they had the Cowboys, Giants, and Redskins, I believe, right? All, all finishing in 7-9. and nine. Yeah, Which I just don't see the Cowboys only winning seven games. As I said before, you look at the season they had last year. They won nine games. Zeke was yep. suspended. Sean Lee was injured. Dak threw 13 interceptions. And they still won nine games.
0: Yeah. I-, I think that that list was atrocious. Watch out for the Cowboys. We should actually
1: just do an entire episode on how crappy that list was. We should. That- I think that <laughs> all of our followers on that page would but have a lot to say about yeah, it as well. It
0: that was terrible. Um, with that being said, I always love talking to football, Miles. I have a tea time to get to. You do. Um, you have some alcohol to indulge in. I do. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or however you get your podcast. It's Welcome to the House. Follow us on Twitter at Best the House. everything's at Best the House. Thank you so much for being amazing fan